Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very much appreciate you joining me. Lots to talk about, as always. I mean, I would like to spend the next three and a half hours talking about Harry, uh, Prince Harry, getting five, well, giving himself five months paternity leave. I mean, nice work if you can get it. Um, potentially from what work, you might ask. Uh, but I'm, no, I'm going to be much better behaved than that and talk about stuff that really does matter. Uh, that lockdown delay, uh, foreign aid, and uh, big concerns about the future of our NHS, a new health committee report about the NHS, um, by a committee chaired by the former health secretary, Jeremy Hunt, in charge for many, many years of the last decade, uh, where he's criticising the understaffing and the, the stress on NHS staff you know, before the pandemic, let alone since. Um, you must wonder, really, what, what he was doing all that time. And of course, we'll uh, keep up to date on the latest on Ollie Robinson, who is... Uh, uh, I suppose, uh, well, being in the news for all the wrong reasons. Well, let's talk about all of this with uh, my guest this morning, uh, political commentator Benedict Spence. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. How Love, are you? Very well indeed. Lovely to talk to you. Um, I, I suppose the first thing we want to start with, front page of the Times today, which is about a lockdown easing. I think that lot of thing that everyone has been pinning their hopes on, that 21st of June, lockdown lifting set to be delayed by fortnight, they say. Um, I say everyone. People, sane people listening to this show, desperate for that to happen. I don't know about you, I've got about four rather stalkingly good parties to go to after June the 21st. <laughs> Very much looking forward to that, thinking, mm, really must do that uh, post-lockdown takeaway diet to uh, get into some of my dresses I haven't had to wear for, for a year and a bit. Um, now, a lot of people say, oh, you're putting going to a party above people's lives. No, I just know that I'm no risk to anybody. I've had COVID and I've been double jabbed. Um, and no one, those people aren't a risk to me because I've had COVID and I'm double jabbed. In which case, why can I not go and live my life freely along with, frankly, most of the country who are, aren't at risk? Um, latest uh, evidence from Chris Wheatley's Patrick Valance too. We're told to ministers, that'll be Matt Hancock and Michael Gove because no one else gets a look in. <laughs> um, basically saying, oh, we're not sure. We need two weeks longer to allow for all over 50s to have an effect. A lot of people will say, you know, that's fine. It's just two weeks. It's fine. What do you think? I think I agree. Most people are going to sit there and go, well, what's two more weeks having spent the best part of what is it? Uh, 18 months stuck inside, you know, what? what's the big difference? But I do think just, do you know what? Just mentally, the to you know, two weeks may not seem very long to a lot of people, but actually mentally having... If you're somebody who's seen your business go to the wall or lost your job or if you're a school, if you're at school age and, you know, your education has been completely disrupted 
and you've been setting so much store by this June the 21st date. And in the back of your mind, you just knew I can't actually put any too much store on by this because I don't trust the government to keep their word because yes. they can never be trusted to keep their word because they keep on growing back on this thing. And that's the thing, really. It's just another little chipping away of the trust of the, you know, the sort of the covenant between government yeah. and public. Is, and, yeah, is there any trust how many left? More times? Uh, that, I mean, that, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? It does become a sort of, OK, well, if they can move it this time. The thing is, we were told January the 4th going to lockdown because we've got to roll out the, the, the vaccine to the to the people who are most vulnerable. Um, and and that was crucial because we had this, uh, the Kent variant or, or Alpha, as it's now known. Um, and I mean, yeah, and it, and it was more transmissible. And, and clearly there was concern. They still didn't justify a lockdown. What, what that justified was advice to people that if you're at high risk, really, I mean, and what the people, do you know anyone over 70 who wasn't taking extra precautions or wouldn't have taken them whether there was a law in place or not? Because I don't. I mean, it's just absurd that we don't think that people are able to take care of themselves like this. Uh, but certainly, you know, the, why, why should a bunch of perfectly healthy 20-year-olds or indeed children banned from going to school be affected? Um, but we were told that. And then, we, and then we were told, oh, it's not just over 70. It's over 70 getting two jabs and then another three weeks. And then it was over 50s getting two jabs. And then it's all over, then it's over 40s, over 30s. Um, you, I, I I can see no point at which they stop this before, you know, they're, they're vaccinating babies. This, this is my big worry. And, and I say, I don't know a single parent who, who's planning to get their child vaccinated. I'm sure some people are. Um, just, I just don't know anyone who thinks that it's justifiable given the way up of risks and benefits to your child. The benefits pretty much, well, 100% go to older people from your child being vaccinated, whereas the child takes the admittedly very small, but nevertheless there are risks, uh, as there are for anybody getting any vaccine at any age. But um, we, we seem to be going down and down the, the, the road to... I was whispering about this yesterday as well, a zero COVID policy, because they seem to refuse to accept that we will. Well, I will. I'm sorry. I will accept a certain level of deaths of COVID to get my life back and everyone else's lives back. Yes, I will. In the same way that I accept a certain level of deaths on the road, certain level of deaths uh, uh, from 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 cancer and, and, and whatever, because because we, we just accept that life has risks. But but Matthew Hancock yesterday, the health secretary, said only three of all the COVID hospitalizations for the Indian strain have pe are people who've had two jabs. Only three. And we, we had one death reported yesterday. Yeah, Monday. Okay, there'll be more today and tomorrow. But nevertheless, there really isn't very much evidence that people who are double jabbed are at risk. Well, given how many people are double jabbed, why on earth are we still in lockdown today, let alone after June the 21st? I mean, you're completely right. And actually, the fact that you even alluded to the fact that we now have to call them by their Greek alphabet oh. letters, you know, you know the, the Elgin variants, uh, <laughs> rather than... Yeah, rather than their actual names, because there is this broad sort of very softly, very gently, we need to be very cautious, can't offend anybody, uh, nobody must die. It's that whole sort of absolutely everything must be pristine and everything yeah. must be, you know, there must be no trace of COVID having ever existed yes. before we can ever go back to. And, and you just think, actually, it just flies in the face of the science. It flies in the face of human nature. And but it frustrates me because we sit here and we say, well, how much longer are people going to go? Oh, oh, um, you know, are people going to put up with this? The Conservative Party is still doing fantastically well in the polls. There is absolutely nothing in terms of opposition no. uh, from I mean, any political no, party. No, the, op the opposition <laughs> is don't don't ease lockdown ever. 
Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's, the, the opposition is it's like, but let's just put everyone in their homes forever for the, until the end of time. Um, you know, we'll, we'll all just be preserved in aspect because existing, existing is the only thing. But I mean, this is the thing. And that's and that's where we are with foreign travel, because we've got a load of people. We're going to talk to a couple of people who well, one actually stayed in Portugal and one who's uh, managed to make a last ditch escape from Portugal ahead of that four o'clock deadline. Um, and again, I mean, I would have happily been in Portugal last week. Um, and, uh, and again, people weren't people weren't taking risks when they knew they were told it's a safe country to go to off you go and you'll get plenty of warning if it's going to go on the amber list what a surprise all lies absolute nonsense um and and say so people have had that trauma but we know that the poll after poll after poll shows a majority support for banning international travel quite apart from the fact that you know we've got millions of people in this country who've got close relatives abroad we're not talking about visiting a distant cousin abroad we're talking about people wanting to see their brothers their sisters their parents their children um and not being able to see them um because you know we are very well i mean again it seems to be the people who are the most sort of international pro-eu free market free, sorry free travel free you know free movement they're the same people who are going lock down lock down don't let anyone in and out of the country um and and I just find it extraordinary because so many people are opposed to this. I, I spoke to another well-known radio presenter. There are other radio stations who, a little while back who told me that he thought that I was, in his words, utterly insane to have got on planes in the last year. And I've got on, I think, six or eight planes in the last year since the pandemic happened. Felt absolutely safe on all of them. Never felt an issue whatsoever. And, and clearly didn't have a problem because I, I didn't catch anything and no one caught anything from me. Um, um, and yet people, the fear of certain things... That's what's keeping us back. If the public were saying, no, we're done with this now, we would be out of this. Because as I've always said, this doesn't end until we say it does. The public have been so terrified by the mm. hysteria and even sort of this doubling of cases and this. Like, a bunch of people who haven't even got a symptom from a disease that isn't going to kill them because they've either been double jabbed or they're so young they're actually you know barely affected. And I'm sorry, the stats are really clear. Why does that? Why is that a, a massive cause for concern? Why is that a cause for hysteria and shutting down the country? Well, it is fascinating, isn't it? That a nation of people whose empire once stretched across a quarter of the globe and the sun never set on it have now completely. We've now decided. Well, we've seen the rest of the world, or some yes. of us have. The elites that run yes. it have, uh, and we don't want to see it that's, anymore. That's we, we, we're, we're done with that <laughs> until space. That's all, that's all the travelling for us. It's. It really is very curious that because you look at, as you say, it's it's a certain demographic of people, a lot of whom it must be said tend to devote to remain, not all, but it's an aspect of somebody who would rather actually have their lives taken care of for them. Yes. The attitude of Britain can't be trusted to decide. And the individuals, know, okay. British people can't be. I mean, the it's the idea that we are. You, well, well, it's well, it's okay for other countries to have those have rules instead mm. of well, have have guidance rather than rules. But but we are uniquely stupid and selfish, and therefore would not follow the rules. Sovereignty, self-determination, these are dangerous things and we should have less of them, especially you over there not living in my house. Yeah, exactly. I did a poll on Twitter. These things totally unscientific, of course, and, and uh, about you know people's attitudes to uh, quite some time ago about other people's. And basically everyone is of the view that they they will act very responsible and act with common mm. sense. And, and they're pretty sure their family will as well. And most of their friends. When it comes to other people, no, everyone else is a complete idiot and is doing something completely stupid <laughs> and taking on unnecessary risks. It, it, it's quite bizarre. Um, let's also talk about um, this uh, foreign aid vote. There was supposed to be a vote yesterday. They, they basically, it was tagged on to another bill that really had nothing whatsoever to do with it. And it's basically a commitment for the government to spend an extra £4 billion. And therefore, it was ruled basically uh, unallowed by 
it was Sir Lindsay Hoyle, the common speaker, who I think is just an absolute breath of fresh air. I mean, just every time he's in the chair, you just think, thank God he's not John Burko. But he basically made the point, look, this is not an appropriate, you know, the advice from the clerk of the House of Commons was this was not an appropriate way. You can't just tag on anything to any bill. Um, however, he did it, it gave a bit of a wagging finger to the government that actually there was clearly a, a strong feeling about this and that the MP should have their say. So there's going to be a an emergency debate today and a non-binding vote, a bunch of 30, possibly we're told even 50 uh, Tory rebels, of course, a non-binding vote, more likely to get them voting um, against this uh, aid cut. We're told this is a terrible thing to do ahead of the G7, Britain cutting its foreign aid by £4 billion. Uh, some MPs claiming and charities claiming that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people will die because we're cutting our aid budget. Um, what do you make of all this? Because it seems to me this is a very popular move with the British public. Um, we're very happy to help when we need it, but everyone knows that the, a lot of that money in the aid budget is, frankly, wasted on bureaucrats and, mm. and despots and, 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 frankly, is better spent here at home. Do you know what? I'm very torn on this because you're right. An awful lot of aid money, international aid money, is wasted and it goes essentially it goes to line the pockets of charities and um, bureaucrats. Mm. However, not all of it is. No. Some of it does go to help people. And you know what I find very difficult about this is that the government are using the pandemic and the economic damage, much of which they have inflicted, to justify this cut and then go, oh, well, we can't possibly be spending this money uh, yeah, on the poorest uh, in the world, we can't possibly be spending it in in war zones or or anywhere else uh, because we need it here to help mop up the mess that we've yeah. made. Four billion is a drop in the ocean in the grand scheme of the damage that's been caused yeah. by the pandemic, and I don't actually really trust the government to spend it any better here than I do abroad. So <laughs> actually, I really object to the excuse that they're using for this cut. That, that's, a, that's a very fair point, isn't it? I mean, but again, it's, it's this idea that, oh, it's, a, it's humiliation on the world stage. Oh, for goodness sakes, other countries don't care. A couple of Democratic congressmen or something writing uh, to Joe Biden about oh, it. Yeah. And we've had a higher percentage. This this 0.7% of GDP, I think we're the only country that does that. Well, there's two other countries that give more in real terms, um, uh, but, you know, per capita. But, but I mean... It's a, it's a back of the envelope calculation for that. It's never had any sort of basis in fact. It doesn't. The idea that you could increase spending on the on 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 you know foreign aid at a time when you're cutting spending on 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 education in this country in in, in real terms as as we did see in our schools after the twenty eight two thousand and eight crash. I just think it's utterly absurd. And I, I think the British people are incredibly generous with their charitable donations. One of the most generous countries in the world on that front. Uh, there's a major crisis. Um, but it it just seems to be this idea that this should be written in law and absolutely sacrosanct that a certain percentage of our GDP goes to the, the third world. I just I just think is is absurd. And I don't think you should be allowed to tie the hands of a future government. No, I don't. I, I don't think you should be allowed to do that. I th actually think the British public would be fine with the amount that we're currently spending if there was just a little bit more transparency. I mean, you know, yeah. if you look at, for example, how much money we give to India, whilst India is developing a space programme and yeah. yesterday it announced it was putting out to tender a contract for six new nuclear submarines. And you think... OK, yeah, there are a lot of very needy people in India. Uh, India certainly needs, you know, yeah. its own defence force. But does it need that much aid if uh, that's what it's spending its money exactly. on? Exactly. No, if, you, if you've got a space programme, I'm really sorry, then uh, you, you you can spend some more money on your own needy people. Then I'm sorry, I just don't believe they're our responsibility. Uh, but again, also, we're going to be spending billions and billions handing out COVID uh, vaccines to the around the world. Um, the reality is actually you'd save more lives in, in, in really, really poor nations by dealing with malaria and uh, and other diseases and uh, and clean water. Um, but there we are. Uh, it's 6.48 is the time. We'll look more at the front pages. We'll be talking more about uh, Ollie Robinson and that new dementia drug to treat Alzheimer's as well. That's coming up. This is Talk Radio.
The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.